This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning, one and all. Uh, Franklin Proctor here, the uh, Un- sous chef of the garden. Yeah, that's right. The under, 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 under gardener. <laughs> well, let's not, <laughs> let's not demote me too much. She was uh, going out the door here. Well, uh, my main job, of course, is to yes. get the phone numbers on the air. Yes. So let me take care of that first, oh, okay? okay. We, we look forward to your calls. In fact... Well, we'd really like to hear from you because, you know, this is a slow time of year. Let's face it. If so, if you just want to say Happy New Year to Charlie and Frank, that'd be great. Anyway, in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, it is toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And before I do anything else, can I just send up a good morning and a nice shout out to Janine Holman, who sent me a very nice letter mm. saying that she just loves the garden show. Oh, excellent. So there you go. Her Saturday isn't complete unless she's listening to the garden show. Well, then, hello, Janine, and welcome yes. to the show. Do not Indeed. be a stranger. <laughs> and, I, boy, I received a lot of Christmas cards, too, from the listeners. Yeah, it was really nice. Nice. And they all, of course... Praise the Garden Show? Well, yes. <laughs> or uh, other, you, yeah. you're a pretty famous guy. I mean, well, you I do guess. a lot of shows no, but here. Big Band Sunday Night is, is... Uh, gaining in popularity, yeah. I think. Yes. I haven't any official word on uh, that yet. Well, I guess we, we have, have to find that out. <laughs> and Theater of yeah. the Mind, too. I mean, you're, you're like everywhere. I'm ubiquitous. <laughs> good I'm word. Everywhere. Good word. I like it. <laughs> so listen, uh, how are things coming along out of the farm there? Oh, the farm, I love that. Uh, well, it's looking. when I left yesterday, it was looking pretty muddy. Yeah. A lot of mud. Well, not, you don't have much snow, Prince Edward County. It right all now. melted there, just yeah, like it melted well, here. I mean, yep. guess what I got for Christmas? Cross country skis. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yes. I love the idea of going cross country <laughs> skiing. I could actually technically go out my back door if there was snow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. Of course, my dream is lots and lots and lots of snow, but not on the roads. Right. Right. So I just think that the clouds have to align themselves properly. <laughs> so we have perfect yeah. snowfall all over the land, but not on the roads. Very good. You know what I did forget? To no. Do, what? Was to mention our little mantra, call early, call off, and one question per call. <laughs> and if you are a first time caller, please let Duncan know. He'll let, relay that information to me. And before you get the airwaves, you're going to hear that. There That's you know. for first time callers only. There, oh, there you get go. Your garden right. wings. Okay. Get your garden wings. Okay. Um, I did get a nice thing in the mail today, just uh, yep. in case you're interested. Um, it's a book that is not yet out and available, but will be available February 1st called Saving Seeds. Uh-huh. It's a home gardener's guide to preserving plant biodiversity. Okay. So it's written by a guy who is uh, based in Salt Spring Island, so out in British Columbia. Have you ever been to Salt Spring? No. No, I have not. Nice spot to go, if you get a chance. Uh, so he did. Fa- he founded a heritage seed company called Salt Spring Seeds. He's the author of a number of books. And uh, I guess, and it's absolutely true that if we save seeds, we preserve the genes within those seeds, uh-huh. as opposed to buying the trademarked 
cultivars that are available in the packages okay. at the stores. Mm-hmm. So if you've had good success with a plant, always consider saving seeds from that plant uh, for the next season. But again, if it, depending on where that plant came from, sometimes seeds do or do not breed true. But just a couple of quick tips for anybody who's thinking about saving seeds. And the reason I bring this up is because we are coming to the time of year where we have seedy Saturdays and seedy Sundays. Uh, right, yes. Seed swap. It's seed swap right. time, January, February, mm-hmm. March. So just for those of you looking for a couple of quick tips, harvest seeds when they are mature and dry on the plants. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, harvest by plucking, uh, shaking, or rubbing them into a bucket or bag, so no cutting them off. Uh, <clears throat> I think about my poppies. I brought poppy seeds from Richmond Hill with me. All right, yes. And poppies are so cool. Eh? The, the cap, it's called a capsule. Uh, after the petals fall, what's left behind, the fruit, yep. is this neat little... little well, pod? Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's not like a legume pod. It's a, it's got a flat top and a curved... It's like a, a cup, basically. Okay. And the seeds ripen. And once they're ripe on the top surface of that little cup, the little openings, there's a name for them, but little openings open. And then as the plant blows in the wind, the seeds eject out of the the opening in the top of that that little fruit uh, body, whatever, again, whatever it's called, I can't remember. There's a name for the actual capsule (laughs) that the seeds form in. But yeah, no, it's it's so cool. So yeah, shaking, plucking to get some of the seeds. um, And so often seeds are quite easy to get a hold of. They're not something you have to really go after too hard. Just have a container ready. All right. Yeah. Okay. Nice, nicely done. A little information passed along. Uh, we have and to more to our, come. Yep. We have our first uh, caller coming up in moments. We'll be saying hi to Helen, who's calling in from Brampton. Hang tight, Helen. We're coming at you in just a couple of moments here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, what I forgot to mention was that uh, Helen, our first caller this mm. morning from Brampton, is a first-time caller. Yay. You know what that means. There you Welcome go. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Helen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I want to say uh, Happy New Year to Charlie and Frank. Thank, oh, thank you. And I'd like to know about a Clematis, a Lincoln Star. Okay. I have got... I've got it's two years old, mm-hmm. and it produced lots of leaves last year mm-hmm. and five pale flowers. Now, what am I doing wrong? Oh, probably nothing. Tell me where you've got it planted. I've got it right on the south side near the tool shed. Okay, so it's it's growing up into lots of light, so it's getting yes. good sun. What yes. about the base of the plant? Is it is uh, it also in a lot? Uh, brown-eyed Susans. Oh, perfect. You know what? You're not doing anything wrong. You, what, really? Yeah, you know what you're probably doing that so many people do, which is they worry that they're doing something wrong. And yes. and then they think, oh, this, poor, this plant isn't performing the way I expect it to, and they move it. They give it like two years, and then they go, oh no, this can't be the right spot, and then they move it. And Again, not a lot happens. Two years later, they move it. It becomes this poor little plant getting moved all over the place. It never gets a chance to just hunker down, get established. This is a plant. Clematis in general need to get their roots down, established, into the ground. Once that happens, then look out. The whole top just takes off on you. Lots of leaves, lots of flowers. But What about the trimming? Do, do I do that in the spring? 
Uh, you what? Uh, yes, with that one, that's considered a summer. I'm just double checking that it is a summer flowering clematis, which I believe it is. It's very pretty. I just brought it up is. a picture it's a here. Beautiful flower. Um, oh, isn't it? So yeah. there's so many different kinds of clematis. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm just uh, multi-stem twining. It looks to me like it is what we call a summer flowering. So that means that we expect to see lots and lots of blooms in late June throughout July. Mm-hmm. So when Clematis are the, the, that bloom at that time, then yes, hack it right down in the spring. So take that plant down to being about six inches tall in the spring. All the vines. All the vines. Yep. Everything. Oh, okay. Everything that's, that's up there. Like that's, a bush. <laughs> yeah, everything that's up And of course, you've provided a trellis or something for it to grow on. Yes. Perfect. Yes. So that's yeah. the main thing. Whatever grew up last year, it's all brown and, and crispy now. Yes. Usually what I do is I wait to, and you'll start to see when the weather starts to improve and, you know, the birds are singing and the sun is shining, little buds will start to show up on your clematis vines. They look like little tiny mouse ears. They're little gray fuzzy buds. As okay. soon as you see those buds, then you know it's time to cut the whole thing down. But like I say, you're cutting it down to about six inches tall. And, inches. and the best thing about that is then you get lots of new growth from the base, so much thicker, denser plant, and obviously lots more lots more flowers as a result. Okay. 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 Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Well, okay. Don't all be a stranger. Helen. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the best in the new year, too. That's the right. Roaring Twenties. Roaring Twenties. Uh, well, that's, we hope it's going to be roaring and not warring. And not boring. And uh, not boring, either. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Oh, I see we have another caller here already. Okay, a reminder, we do have several lines open right now, 416-360-0740, or anywhere in the province toll-free, 1-866-744-740. But off to Scarborough, we scamper with uh, Josie in mind. Hi, Josie, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Okay, uh, my question is, um, the seeds that I harvest in the fall, Mm -hmm. can they be stored in the fridge uh, it's really funny you say that because that's exactly what Frank said during the break. Uh, depends on the seeds. I think generally speaking, we don't need to store them in the fridge per se. Where you want to store seeds is in an airtight labeled container in a cool, dark place. Okay. Um, I've been storing them in a, uh, an envelope, mm-hmm. you know, sealed up. Mm-hmm. And, um, but for the last few years, uh, and it's only with the bean, you know, bean seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, these little black insects seem to attack them, and they just create these little holes, round holes yeah. in them. And then they destroy them. They won't grow. Yeah, and, and, and it's only the beans. Yeah, so those insects are on those bean seeds when you're harvesting them, which you're not seeing necessarily. Um, so one of the tips from this Saving Seeds book that I mentioned by Dan Jason is after you've harvested your seeds, place them on trays or screens in a warm, sunny spot for a few days oh. so bugs can flee and every last seed dries. So that's went back, you know, at harvest time. So that would be mm. the end of the summer when you are doing that harvesting. It's that laying them out, letting them really dry down and letting whatever insects might be on them to abandon ship. Oh. Now, once you've got them dried down and you're placing them in, like you said, envelopes, I would then label my envelopes and put that into glass jar, into a glass jar because you want that airtight uh, seal. Oh. oh, so this year I thought I would put mm. them in the fridge. Mm. You see, I'm hoping that the um, if the bugs are there, they're sleeping probably in the fridge. So yeah, that's yeah. A, and yet with a few uh, bean seeds that don't get 
bitten. Mm. I get beautiful beans yeah, all summer. It's just so good. Yeah, so those are seeds you want to hold on to for sure. Yes. Yeah, so that's okay, the challenge. Okay, I'll try that. That, try. that sounds good too. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll, um, I'll, I'll double check if I've got more ideas on how to make sure that your seeds are clean before they get stored for the winter. So you, as you say, the, the harvesting isn't the hard part. It's the how do I store them in order to make sure that they survive in good condition. Yeah. But now, are might, these insects inside the beans? Probably. I the seeds. Yep, yep, yep probably. Because you, you don't see them. No, you won't see them. And they're tiny to start. Well, and it depends. If they're a boring type of an insect, then the, the larvae are tiny, tiny. It's almost microscopic. So, um, yeah, and you might be a good candidate for this book. It's, a, like I say, going to be available for sale February the 1st. It's just a small, soft cover. Um, you know, looks like a pretty easy read. Nice graphics, fourteen ninety five. And um, And the title sa- again, Charlie? Saving Seeds, Saving A Home Seeds. Gardener's okay. Guide to Preserving Plant Biodiversity by... By Dan Jason at a Salt Spring Island. Hey. Jason. Okay, I'll, right. I'll watch for that. All righty. Okay, thank Thanks for calling. Much. Excellent. And you know, I'm looking at our monitor, and mm. son of a gun, we have up. two first-time callers awaiting Excellent. online, and we'll be to them moments from now as you listen into The Garden Show as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Back with Charlie Dobbin in moments. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's uh, once again have Franklin reach oh, for the bell. I like it when you get exercise. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Hey, that's for Annette calling in from Port Hope. Good morning, Annette. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. And happy 2020. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Welcome you to the great <laughs> new decade, too. Yes. I just wanted to ask you, Charlie. I have a houseplant, African violet. I have it in. I put it in the windowsill that's facing south. Mm. And it's not... Flowering, how do I get it to flower? How long have you had that plant? I've had it now for, let's see, about, I've had it for about a year and a half. I'm in a new house in Port Hope. Okay. And have you you transplanted it by any chance, or is it still in its original pot? It's in its original pot. Okay, good. Outgrowing the pot. That's fine. Keep it in its original pot. African violets are funny that way. You can leave them for many years in the same pot they come in, and that's always the best to Uh get them to bloom. Uh Now, a south window is likely a little too bright. Are there uh, shears or anything over those windows? Well, I have some. Yes, I do. But the house next door sort of blocks the light anyway. Okay. Because sort of, generally speaking, an African violet's like bright, but indirect light. So perhaps uh-huh. you're getting that in that south window. They do not want to be in direct light. The and little they only leaves. water it once a week. Right. From so the bottom. With warm, like room temperature water. Room temperature water from the bottom. From the bottom. Once okay. a week. So I, I tend to not water by the calendar. I water more by the feel of the soil. So I always right. touch the surface of the soil. When it starts to feel dry, and there's quite a difference between moist and spongy and dry. What about it, the advisability of a moisture meter? Uh, would yeah, that be a good it idea? It could, but there's I used to be in a house in Ajax, uh-huh. Yes. And I had beautiful luck with African violet. Yeah, yeah. It was wonderful there. 
So you need to find that magical spot. Is there any drafts on that plant? Because it does not want drafts, hot or cold. No. Also, like like uh, the, uh, for example, the orchids, they don't like drafts either. That's right. They? No, they don't. My my children gave me uh, an African, um, no, they gave me an orchid for my birthday. It was in November last year. Mm-hmm. Like not, not 2019, but 2018, okay? Right. And, okay, so... The flower has dropped off. The leaves are still green, mm-hmm. but they um, it, it doesn't have doesn't seem to be doing anything. And they say a cousin of mine says put an ice cube in. Mm. I don't know. Is that good? No, I'm not a big fan of the ice cube. It's a form of watering that um, some of the growers promote when they sell their plants because it's a simple way. It's three ice cubes a week. And the advantage of an ice cube is that it slowly melts. So it slowly waters the orchids because orchids, mm-hmm. as you know, they're not in regular soil. So when we water them, the water goes whoosh right through. So a I slow know. watering is can be more effective. But you know what I would say? It sounds to me like you're, that southern spot with the not direct sunlight is good for both your orchid and your African violet. Maybe what you need to do is do a, a trip to your local garden center, pick up, and this is one of the few times when I am specific about fertilizers, African violets need their own specific African violet food, and so do orchids. They need their own specific orchid food. So maybe, and we are getting to the right time of year to be using both of those items on those plants as per instructions on the packages. So generally, I'm a all-purpose fertilizer person, but not when it comes to African violets or orchids. They are very specific. So do get a hold of fertilizer. If you don't have that, I think you'll find everything's going to bust into bloom for you. How long does it take? Oh, gosh. If they're happy plants, they're not overwatered, the light and temperatures are fine, you'd be surprised. A week, literally, 10 days, two weeks, they'll be busting oh. out in bloom. Like, I, you know, I have orchids that are shooting up flower stems right now, and we, that's oh. it. You know, remember the, the big orchid show happens yep. here in Toronto every Valentine, so that's coming up, and there's all oh. kinds of orchids just busting out into bloom at this time of I, year. I know, Charlie, you do the garden show, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. The one downtown. Oh, the, no, uh, oh, I used to. The Canada Bloom show, yeah. I used Canada to. Blooms. Don't you do that anymore? No, no. I don't. No. That, oh. Yeah, so that's got other people are running that. No, I teach now. I teach at the colleges instead of uh, uh, doing the uh, the big show down, down oh, in Toronto. Oh, I didn't know that. I know that that was a beautiful show. Yeah, it was when I did it. <laughs> You're right. That's when I went when you were doing it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Thanks so for well, your thank call, you, Annette. Annette. And, and good luck. With the African Happy New violets. Year. Yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, and once again, yes. as I look at the clock, what are we, nine, coming oh, up to 9.30 already. Wow. My gosh. Can you believe it? Another first-time caller, Evelyn it. in Scarborough. Good morning and welcome to the show. Thank you and good morning. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I, I just want to say, Charlie, that often I listen to your show mm-hmm. as often as I can. And lots of times I have a problem with a plant, and I think, oh, what am I going to do? And before I can get to the Internet, I'll remember something you said. Aww. So that's um, just a little thing I want to tell you. That's great. Right now it's Mandevilla. Mm-hmm. I'm trying for the first time to winter over. Mm-hmm. I've been on the Internet, and they say cut back. Mm-hmm. I, and they say cut back early spring, late winter, mm-hmm. before the new shoots come out. But my new shoots, some of them were like three feet long already. Sh- shooting as we speak. So you've got it in a nice sunny patio door so, or something? Uh, south, uh, inside, yeah. in my 
my, in my home. Yeah, of course. South, and they get light from the west. Right. So nice and bright, and it's yes. responding to that light. And believe it or not, our days are getting longer, and the plants know it. So responding to that as well. So a couple of things. I mean, yeah, mantavilla are one of those plants that sometimes people just put them into like a semi-dormancy. So they cut them back and put them in the basement where it's cool and dark and they kind of ignore them for the winter. And you don't really know if they're alive or not because there's nothing happening, but you hope that they're going to perk up and, and start growing as soon as you bring them upstairs into the warmth and the light. What you're doing, I've, I'm more familiar with, which is to keep a tropical plant that's been outside all summer growing inside as a house plant. So whether it's a geranium or hibiscus or mandevilla, keep them growing if you've got lots of bright light, which you do. So that's great. So your your only thing is you will have to do some cutting back. The question is when to do it to be most optimal. And how much? Oh, you're going to be doing some pretty hard cutting back in in... Probably February. So if you can hold off for the next couple of weeks, if, if, if these big long shoots are shooting out, twine them around and try and sort of let, let the plant produce some green leaves and green stems, which will maximize photosynthesis, maximize more growth. And then early February, get out your chainsaw and just <laughs> give that plant a, at least a, a third to a half of it will be cut off, sent into the composter, or you can keep cuttings and start you know, a hundred new mandevilla plants for you and your neighbors off little cuttings that you're going to take off uh, of that green, fresh growth. And then le- let it be and let that next set of new growth be ready to go to be outside in the spring, to be covered in flowers by June. Okay, let me just understand. So I'm going to wait till February. Mm-hmm. The new shoots that are coming as we speak, I just wind them into the plant mm-hmm. and then... February, I cut those shoots and the old. Yep, some of the old's going to come out as well in order for to do the kind of hard pruning you're going to need to do. Now, you don't want to completely defoliate it in the process. Have you got some leaves on the older growth at this point? Oh, tons. Yeah, okay, nothing, good. Nothing that's died good. over the winter. Oh, that's good. Wow. No, it's that's a happy good. plant. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so big. Yeah, it's a, I mean, you could technically go and do like a hard pruning today if you wanted, but you're going to have to do it again. So I, that's why I'd be inclined to not, I'd be inclined to just do one sort of serious pruning and then make that the one that is, forces a whole bunch more growth. And oh. then it's, an, it's a huge plant going out in the spring. Perfect. Thank okay. you. I'm I'm doing this because my daughter-in-law buys them every year, mm-hmm. throws them out every fall, mm-hmm. and I tell her, no, there's got to be a way. So I want to be right. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. Well, it's, you know, it, it's like so many plants. Sometimes mm-hmm. they work, sometimes they don't. But like amaryllis, I can't tell you how many, how many amaryllis I've killed yeah. over the years. And yet I'm being so successful with amaryllis right now. I'm thinking I'll start a farm. I mean, it's like <laughs> I just can't go wrong. They just keep blooming. It's like crazy. So <laughs> you just don't, you yeah. know. It's practice sometimes. Practice makes perfect. Thank you both. No, thanks. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you. Thanks for calling. uh, I wonder how my neighbor, Sean, or Lana, is coming along with my TV. Yes. Well, yeah. I I am the worst guy when it comes to technical stuff. I've noticed that, actually. You've noticed it, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So last night, I couldn't shut the TV off. Like it didn't want to listen to its remote control. And then Did you consider the batteries in the remote? Oh, I. Oh, golly. Oh, sometimes no. when it, when something won't respond to a remote control, I think batteries in oh, the remote. Geez, never thought of that. Anyway, mm. I have I have a wonderful neighbors, uh, <laughs> yeah, Sean and Lana Freeman. I called them up this morning and said, "Help!" help. Yeah, exactly. So 
I uh, I was promised by Lana TV that uh, yeah, they'll send one of them are going to be over there to attack the problem because uh, we want to watch the game today. Of you know, the so when does Canada that start? Finns, uh, I think twelve thirty. Oh gosh, yeah. So gee whiz. Oh. Anyway, oh, <sighs> what are you going to do? Such a stoop. Um, <laughs> hey Judy in Stratford. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. I'm mm. calling. I'm too. I'm calling about Amanda Villavine. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is a yellow mandevilla vine. Nice. Yep. And you know, my white one and my pink one flower and do beautifully in the house all winter and everything. Mm. But my yellow one, uh, it needs a nine one one call. It, <laughs> these little sticks, that, and I'm sure yeah. it's dead. Is there something special you have to do with the yellow ones? Um. Well. So often with yellow plants, they are not the original species plant. So they are mutants along the way and they have been maintained by mankind as cultivated varieties. And they don't, they don't tend to be nearly as vigorous as the reds, the whites, the pinks. So whether it's yellow roses or yellow hibiscus or so many, like I say, so many that are not natural yellows, they tend to be what I would call a pretty wimpy plant. So they are always on the verge of just, you know, saying goodbye. And, and so they do need TLC that's far beyond what your much tougher, more vigorous reds and pinks often need. So right now, when you look at that yellow plant, is it just a dried up stick? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and do you think it goes all the way down? Like if you went right down to the base of the plant, the, the, the stems coming out of the soil and you gave a little scratch to the, the bark there, do you think you'll see any green underneath or do you think it's no. just dry? It's probably dead then. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could, again, with the weather changing as it is, though it's kind of right now changing a bit more to winter, but as we see spring on the horizon, the plants see it too. One of the ways to find out whether plants are alive is, again, just cut a plant like that right back, cut it back, you know, 80% of it, out it goes, and leave what's left in that pot, in that sunny spot. Do not overwater. And if there's life in those roots, you will start to see some little green buds growing off of those little stumps that are left behind. Okay. Right. Now, when you were talking about starting the mandibles from the cuttings, mm-hmm. how did you do that? Well, uh, uh, when cuttings are easiest to grow from the newest growth, so the mm-hmm. softest, greenest growth, we call those softwood cuttings. Okay. So whether it's uh, inside our homes, uh, the geraniums, the hibiscus, things that we want to have more of for the future garden that we have planned for this coming summer, as the new growth is is coming through, as long as you've got a three to four inch, tip, what we call a tip cutting. Mm-hmm. And of course, with Mandevilla, that doesn't take much because they'll grow three or four inches in an hour. Mm-hmm. And so it's taking those cuttings. Remember that along those stems that you're cutting off, there are bumps. Yep. And each of the bumps is where the leaves will emerge. And those bumps are called nodes. And it's also at those bumps where roots will emerge because plants are pretty cool that way. They can grow anything at any point. You just have to encourage what you want. So if we take the little stem cuttings, we take a couple of those bumps along the stem, we put those bumps under the surface of a moist media, like a a soilless mix. And particularly if we use a little bit of a stimulating rooting hormone along that stem over those bumps, keep the whole thing moist in a, in a warm spot, roots will grow out of those nodes and you'll have a a whole brand new plant growing out of the top of the, the stem cutting that you took. 
Well, I did that, and I even put a plastic bag over it. Mm-hmm. Mine didn't take, so I wondered if I would do something else. The plastic bag is a good idea because you hold moisture around the plant when the mm-hmm. plant doesn't have roots and it can't get moisture. The problem is, is make sure that that plant is not in the sun. Right. Because right. you create a little oven if you have that plastic bag and the plant <clears throat> in the sun. So, okay. yeah, warm spot, bright spot, indirect light with the plastic bag, the watering, the misting, keeping that moisture, the moisture levels high, and uh, stimulating, it's called stim root, which is yeah, the rooting hormone for, yeah. number one is for the softwood cuttings. That actually makes a real difference as well. And be sterile, be really clean, make sure it's brand new, hygienic, <clears throat> excuse me, clean, never been used uh, potting mix, and okay. obviously clean scissors and your hands are clean, everything's clean. You'll have best success. And something else I wanted to tell you, last week a lady, you were talking about spider mites. Mm-hmm. And I got this spray, and it's Wilson's One Shot, and I find that is the best thing for spider mites, mm. for aphids, anything. Um, I start spraying maybe the middle of February and do it once a month, and I don't have any kind of bugs. And I have all kinds of, like, you know, flowers mm. that you get to that kind of stuff, but That's I find right. this stuff works wonderfully. So you just you spray once a month on principle? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow, hey, good for you. I've never heard of that. I'll look that up. One shot. See what's in there. Yeah, it's in a green can. Okay. And I just find it amazing. Hmm. Well, that's great, Judy. That's Thank you for the know. tips. Yeah, I love tips. Appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, right. And I'm sure Wilson's also appreciates that as well. <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about putting the, the new cuttings in, in a non-soil, like ver- vermiculite? Well, we call uh, it a soilless mix because the potting, it used to be that there was such a thing as potting soil and yeah. there was soil in there. Nowadays, most of the, the mixes, you know, when you go to the garden center yeah. and you buy flowers in the spring, those plants are not growing in any soil at all. It is a mix of vermiculite and perlite and peat moss and there's often okay. core and all kinds of things in there, but no soil. So it's a soilless mix that's very okay. sort of the well, norm for these days. For me. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, look, we bumped right up against our next break here. So we're coming back to say hi to Jane in Newmarket and more here on The Garden Show. I'll remind you of the numbers. We have a couple of lines open still in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie Dobbin will return in moments. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, uh, the folks kept you fairly busy this morning, you know. I like that. Which is good, yeah. But wait, Uh, let's just, Shirley. Yeah. Hi, Shirley. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Shirley's the best. And (laughs) she's up there at your place trying to make that TV work. So assuming she's listening to the show and, you know, we love Shirley. Check the batteries in the remote yeah, yeah. before your neighbors come over. And in the little back door there, that, that cupboard, that's where the batteries are. On, it's so. double A's, I think you need. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Oh, God, so I know. Help from every source is uh, welcome. It's true. Well, we, you know, we share, and that's yeah, yeah. how things work, right? Okay. Uh, Jane in Newmarket, good morning. Hello. Good Hi. morning. Hi. How are you? I've got a cyclamen plant. Mm-hmm. I've had at least four years. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's done very well. Mm-hmm. But right now, the leaves are healthy. Mm-hmm. It's facing in a solarium north and west, lots of windows. Mm-hmm. It has those curly things. I assume it's flowers in the center that are sitting there. Uh-huh. Is it going to bloom again? <laughs> has it's, You said you've had it for about a couple of years. It stopped blooming along four the way? years, easily. Okay. And when did you last see blooms on it? 
like month? last summer, maybe. Okay, yeah, it's the the flowers almost look like fiddlehead ferns, right? When they yeah. come up, <clears throat> yeah. So they not that they unroll like a fern, but they come up and they've got the little sort of like you said the curly bit, and they are yeah. in the center. So absolutely yes, I mean this is the time of year where cyclamen bloom. They are a very much of a winter flower and a Valentine's flower. Uh, so for sure, if it's it sounds like it's in a good spot, you're watering from below, I assume. I water not too much, and I make sure it's drained out. Okay, but always water into the saucer below. Because cyclamen grow from a tuber, and that tuber is almost kind of shaped like a concave, um, how do you explain? Like, you know, a cup, like a cup, if you will. When we water from the top, sometimes water can get trapped in that little cup of a tuber and it can rot. So by watering from below, you avoid rotting the tuber. But, I mean, obviously, if it's looking good and green and all that important stuff, you know, you're doing lots of things right. Yeah. Main thing is, is you're right. Do not let it sit in water. And, uh, and yeah, absolutely keep it in that spot. Turn it every, you know, 180 degrees every couple of days. I just, I have a cyclamen. It has not stopped blooming for probably two years. It's just, uh, it blooms all the time. And I just water, I feel the soil, and then I just put in, might be, gosh, not much, quarter cup of water, half a cup of water at the most, into the saucer below, and uh, do that every, whatever, five, six, seven days, depending on the, the feel of the soil. Because you, you want to water based on this, the re- water requirements, not based on the calendar. Yeah. Okay. Right. But yeah, if they're due to bloom again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of holes in the bottom of the pot. Good. So I have a coffee filter in the bottom. Okay. Yeah, just so keep... I can still water from below. Sure. Yeah, that coffee filter just helps keep the soil from, from coming out all those drainage yeah. holes, which okay. is fine. And, right. and again, it's, it's, if you have a blooming flowering plant type fertilizer on hand, you could consider mixing some of that into your water and start using that when you are watering. Just mix it at half the rate that's recommended and uh-huh. use that when you're watering. And I think you'll find you'll definitely get blooms when you, if you do that. All right. Okay. 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 Let us know how that works yeah. out. Thanks, Jane. Keep in touch. Keep in touch. Uh, we're, we are up to our next break already. Wow. And because we and we have uh, many callers online, mm-hmm. in, including two new callers. We'll get to momentarily Excellent. as you listen in to the Garden Show on Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. You know, Charlie, you've had a very busy morning. I have. And you know what? And I look back, almost every single caller has been asking about flowering plants. Ah. There's there only, only Josie was asking about seed storage. Everybody else is flowers. So we're desperate for color. All right. Let's we're, see if that's something uh, is, I like that is on Teresa's mind in Mississauga. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Happy New Year. Thank, well, thank you. you. You too. I have a question about my African violet. Mm-hmm. When and how often should I fertilize? Okay, so um, is, is, it fertile, is it flowering now? It has a couple of flowers, and this is what it does. It has beautiful green leaves. Mm-hmm. It only gives me like two, three little flowers, and the leaves seem to dry <clears throat> out quite often. Okay, so the, the rule of thumb is when a plant is actively growing and actively flowering, that's the time to feed them. That's the time to feed them? That's right. Okay. So what I would do is if you do have some flowers or buds <clears throat> on that African violet. I do not, yes. Yeah, do mix up. And again, it's a very specific African violet food that you're going to. I do 
have it, and um, I haven't used it in I don't know how long. Does that yeah. fire after a few years? No, it does not go bad. It's fine. Just, okay. You, it's good forever and ever as long as it's not um, compromised in any way. So, yeah, it's it, just follow the instructions, mix some up, err on the side of, you know, under-mixing the fertilizer rather than over-mixing. Because remember, it's like the one-a-day vitamins are really, really good, but two one-a-days is toxic. So uh-huh. so people tend to think a little bit of fertilizer is good, mm. therefore more is better, and that is not the case. So now, follow the instructions. So err on the side of less fertilizer rather than more. Okay. But if it is showing some, some growth and some blooms and buds, absolutely feed it now. Okay. I have it on that little four-inch uh, yep. pot that's been there for two, three years. That's Should right. I transplant it? Nope. Not unless you see roots growing out the bottom. No, I don't. Yep. Okay. They stay in those four-inch pots for a very long time. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a happy new year. Thank you. You you. too. All the best to you, Teresa. Now, just a minute. Frankie reaches for the... Oh, Oh, there we are. That's for Jacqueline in Port Dover. Good morning, Jacqueline. Good morning and happy new year to you both. Thank Thank you. You too. Thank you. I'm calling about my garlic. Mm -hmm. I planted my garlic in November Mm -hmm. um, when the... um, when the uh, fall show is on in Port, uh, in sorry, in Simcoe. Yeah. Last year, my garlic was just amazing. Oh, good. Yeah. I planted it in the same garden, mm-hmm. a different spot, mm-hmm. but my uh, garlic is up about six to eight inches already. Because of the mildness, the ground hasn't yeah. frozen. So the garlic right. is responding to <clears throat> this growing because it thinks it it should. Garlic grows when it gets cool, like refrigerator mm-hmm. temperatures. That's why we never uh-huh. store garlic in our fridges. It starts to grow. So that's what's going on. <clears throat> now, you're worried that once we do get some real winter, all that green is likely to frost off, which is definitely uh-huh. possible. It may not. It may just sort of fall over or, or hang in a bit. There's really nothing you can do at this point. Um, you know, cross your fingers and hope that, that there's enough energy in the bulb still that even if frost knocks down the the green bits that are up now, the the garlic will grow again when real spring arrives. Uh, right. It's so it's I just cut the green down. No, no, let it, let nature take its course on that. Uh, it may, like I said, just turn yellow and have to start again. Or you know, if snow falls and and falls over top and protects and stays, <clears throat> you'd be amazed that that garlic can stay green under the snow. So we just kind of, in these mild winters, do throw plants off, but I think you'll find yeah. it, it will be fine. It's like the daffodils that start to come up early and then we get big, you know, snowstorms after that. The daffodils are fine. They come through all that. They just hunker down and wait till the snow melts. So okay. that, that garlic should be just fine. Okay. okay. I'll look forward to it in the spring. <laughs> okay. Let <laughs> us know. So it should be fine. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you. And uh, this could well be our final caller. I don't know. We'll find out here. Uh, Maureen calling in from North York. Just a minute here. First time caller as well. Good morning, Maureen. Good morning. Happy New Year, Frank. Happy New Year to Charlie. Thank Thank you. you. Welcome. I want to hear that bell ring. Oh, Oh, did you not get it? There you go. (laughs) You have your wings. You're officially a member of the club. (laughs) I'm calling about my giant poinsettia, Charlie. I sent you a picture of it. You know, the three foot wide. It's doing great, but it's in a pot that doesn't have drainage. Mm. And I'm wondering, though, if this is not a good time to repot it. No, not really. Because it's all in color right now, right? Yes, it's all in color. It's all beautiful red, and more. it keeps tur- uh, new leaves are still turning red. Good. And is that something that you planted it into that pot with no drainage, or it was given to you like that? 
No, it, it came like that. Actually, it's a funny story. A friend of mine was at a garden center. She says, they've got some large poinsettias. I said, okay, I'll take a red one. She came in with this thing that was three feet wide. Yeah, right, like a monster. <laughs> well, okay, so never, ever, ever, as you recognize, do we want plants growing in in pots or any kind of container with no drainage. That's that's a big no-no. However, this would not be the optimal time to do any modifications. I would wait. You're going to keep that plant in your house as a house plant throughout the winter and the spring. The red leaves that look a bit like flowers are going to drop uh, just very naturally and normally over the next few months. New green growth is going to start to grow. What I would do is in probably about mm, May, perhaps you're in North York. So yeah, it might be May, might even be early June. I would be taking it outside. Get my pruners, get that new fresh pot, get the uh, the f- fresh potting soil that you're going to use, and I would be cutting that plant back by at least a third at that time, and I'd be okay. transplanting it into a pot with drainage, and then I'd leave it outside for the, the spring and summer uh, in a shady spot, really. They grow quite nicely in the shady spots, so it'll be a nice green, bushy plant when you bring it in in August or September, and you put it in the dark uh, for, you know, 12 hours a day for the next two months, and then you bring it out and it's amazing for next christmas oh thank you very much okay. i appreciate that there you go. you're welcome thank, thank you, you for, for joining calling. us on this um i was just sitting here thinking as you were chatting mm. with maureen there this is the first saturday of the 2020s it is yeah the, of is. the brand new decade and it's funny some some people are trying to kind of figure out what do we call this the roaring 20s yes. and when we harken back to the original roaring 20s yes. like 1920s it was all about prohibition and booze and stuff like that you know that they were trying to prohibit right and but why they the call it roaring? Now, roaring had to do with like music and parties and yeah, all the people that well, were and, imbibing and, in the and, illegal and, substances. Yeah, I guess prohibition right? was all part and parcel right. of that. But now with edibles coming on stream this coming week, apparently, yes, apparently. that gives a little more credence to that you know roaring twenties. Uh, motif, Except it's funny because if you know anything about eating marijuana or cannabis, nobody roars. <laughs> it's it's like the you, most you snooze exactly. Th- it's like it's like a total body stone. You just yeah. sit there going, "Okay, everything's fine. I don't need to move again for the next four days." So Have we get time for one more call. Do you think? Uh, if we if okay. we go fast enough, Mary in Oakville. Good morning. We're the last caller coming in. Hello. Marion. Oh, Marion, how are okay. you? Good morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to be very quick. I know you're at the end. Um, a week or so ago, I heard Charlie saying about explaining about Christmas cactuses, about feeding, mm-hmm. fertilizing. Mm-hmm. And I've had them for years, mm-hmm. and I feed them. I'm too good to them. I feed them every time I water my plants. Oh, I feed okay. everything. Okay. And I thought I heard you say... They need a downtime. Yeah. Dormant. And, and and when? After they're finished flowering. So are they flowering now or are they done? No, they're done. Okay, so now is a time to pull back on your watering and don't fertilize for at least the next six to eight weeks. So you will water, but be, be very um, careful with your watering. Only water when they're very, very dry. They do need a, a downtime. It's like, it's like their winter or, or their drought. It's, okay. it's, you know, just a, a rest. They need a rest. Okay, so okay. I can probably let them go for almost two months without yeah. no fertilizer a lot of watering. And very... no for, for it's the fertilizing because yeah. I. I usually put my fertilizer in one container and everything yeah, gets it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, but you've got to just feed the plants that are actively growing and allow the plants that aren't actively growing to hunker down. 
Okay. Marion, I'm glad we snuck you in there. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> the calling. The last little bit of the show, because we are down to about five seconds. I know. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Charlie. Couldn't do any of this without you. Good luck with your TV. Oh, thank you. And good luck to, to the <laughs> junior A's. And uh, thank you, Dan- Duncan. Couldn't do without your help either. Great calls. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.